calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello, and welcome to this CFA Institute Take 15. I'm Ed Bass, and we are joined today by Dr. George Abed, Senior Counselor and Director for Africa and Middle East at the Institute of International Finance. Welcome, George. It's a pleasure to be with you, Ed. Uh, George will speak to us today on the uh, MENA region in transition, opportunities, and risks. And if I may, I'd like to pose a, a couple of questions to you starting with the consequences of the Arab Spring. Um, does this herald, in your view, an era of increasing growth and prosperity in the region, or do you see a substantial risk of backsliding and lengthy stabilization? Well, Ed, the Arab Spring is a great and historic political opportunity to transform the societies that had, frankly, ossified under the authoritarian regimes. The promise is great, however, there are perils uh, in the difficult passage that countries such as Egypt, Tunisia, Libya, and possibly Syria in time uh, would pass through. I think the fact that the uh, pressure cooker atmosphere of an authoritarian regime has been removed allows for greater freedom and greater uh, outgoing towards the, uh, the rest of the world. So we think the society will be more open, and we think that really is an inducive environment for entrepreneurship and some risk-taking. However, these countries need to undertake some serious uh, and uh, thoroughgoing structural reforms. I think that's the big challenge in the next two to three years. Even past the political transition, they need to address some deep-seated and chronic problems in the labor in the labor force, in the labor market, in their own economic structures, in the role of government, the role of free enterprise, and a number of other issues. If they can undertake those reforms, even reasonably successfully, I think the future should be quite good. Mm -hmm. The uh, Arab countries around the Mediterranean um, have some problems in international competitiveness, obviously, and some of them have uh, increasing debt burdens. Do you think they'll be able to address these problems satisfactorily in, in the medium term? I think it will be a challenge. Uh, however, both, for example, Egypt and Tunisia, which are going through a peaceful and hopefully uh, a successful transition at the end of the process, you know, they are uh, in negotiations discussions with multilateral institutions. Some of them uh, have already taken, uh, some of these countries that have gone through transition, had already taken some measures to reform their economies in Egypt from 2004 onwards, in Tunisia for the last several years, uh, and even in the other countries such as Jordan, Morocco, and elsewhere. And I think building on these reforms, if they can get the right advice, if they can mobilize the right resources, and if they have the political will, which we hope will come with a more democratic and open government, then I think I would be cautiously hopeful, but I think uh, the passage 
over the next two or three years would be quite difficult and uh, challenging. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like we have some reason to be optimistic. I think we do. I think you mentioned the debt, for example. The debt in some of these countries is reasonably high, but by and large, it is manageable unless they, under, unless they take on much more debt, uh, which we hope they don't. And the debt they're taking on is mostly with multinational, multinational organizations, so it's not quite as uh, demanding as, let's say, uh, capital market uh, debt. Mm -hmm. If they are unable to make progress in reforming and in improving competitiveness, what implications do you see for the wider regional economy? If these countries cannot undertake the needed structural reforms, even if the political process of transition succeeds to a reasonable level, that won't be enough. You can have a democracy that doesn't necessarily grow fast enough to satisfy the demands of the population. We saw that in India for decades. Finally, when India undertook the structural reforms in the early 1990s, it was able to launch itself on a trajectory of growth that's much higher and more promising. Now, we hope that these countries will succeed in the political transition, that is, establishing a more open, transparent, and accountable government. Now, that is necessary, but it's not really sufficient. I think they need to liberalize labor markets, they need to liberalize their economies, downsize the public sector, create an environment that's uh, conducive to private sector uh, investment and growth, and also friendly to outside investors. If they're able to do that, then I think they can match a political success with an economic success. And I see, let's say, several years from now that countries like Egypt, Tunisia, uh, Jordan, and potentially Libya could be growing at fairly high rates. But that's a big if. And what do you see as the major geopolitical risks in the region currently and the likelihood of some of these adverse scenarios occurring? Uh, geopolitical risks actually center around the turmoil that's going on in Syria to some extent because it has larger and regional implications. And it's somewhat connected, although not very directly, with the threat of sanctions, very severe and crippling sanctions against Iran and the possible reaction by Iran to these sanctions. To the extent that the sanctions and countermeasures escalate, uh, I see a very heightened uh, geopolitical risk, uh, risks arising in the Gulf area. And as we know, that is where much of the world's oil supply comes from. Uh, at least uh, more than 20% of the oil trade passes through the Hormuz Strait. And if geopolitical risks arise there, we can see the oil prices spike. And if they spike and stay high, that could be quite adverse to the global recovery, which itself is rather slow already and could send us back into a recession. If that crisis, let's say, if it erupts and lasts for several months into, let's say, later this year. And lastly, what specific opportunities do you see, uh, given the current environment, for investors in the uh, MENA economies that appear most promising? I think the North African countries should be 
by and large, uh, quite friendly to outside investors. And I think the environment that's being established at the political level uh, should pave the way for a pro-business climate. Even Egypt, despite all the ferment uh, it's going through currently, I think they will come around to rediscover the economic reforms that were initiated several years ago. I think Tunisia and Morocco are promising. Uh, Libya, once it gets its act together politically, uh, if everyone can agree on a framework for government or for governance, uh, I believe Libya has great potential because of the in, an adequate investment in the past, not just only in the oil and gas sector, but in tourism and services, uh, shipping, and uh, all the other, uh, let's say, sectors that would grow given its position in the Mediterranean, its resource base, and its uh, reasonable openness to the outside markets. So I see some opportunities there. Of course, in the East Mediterranean, we do have opportunities, although the shadow of the struggle in Syria sort of extends over Lebanon and to a lesser extent over Jordan. And that has to clear up before we see great opportunities in this area. Thank you very much, George, for sharing your views on this very topical subject. Thank you, Ed, and it's a pleasure to be with you. And thank you, viewers, for viewing this uh, Take 15. Copyright 2012 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.